you don't have a passion, if you don't have a core purpose, you're you know sort of navigating through life without a rudder. Um, you're, you're sort of wasting your your opportunity, and uh, and time is the most precious commodity. From sunny California, welcome to the Vision of the People podcast, a show about visionaries from various industries who share their inspiring stories and give advice to people wanting to make an impact on the world. As always, I'm your host, Roshi, like sushi with an R, and on today's episode, we talk with Ben Marcus, who is an aviation expert and co-founder and chairman of AirMap. AirMap is the world's leading airspace services platform for unmanned aircraft and has raised about $44 million from venerable firms like M12, General Catalyst, Lux Capital, Sony, and Airbus. Prior to AirMap, he co-founded and was CEO of Jetaviva, the world's largest light business jet sales company. He started his career as a flight instructor and later became a flight test engineer. Ben currently serves on the board of Angel Flight West. He's a FAA certified airline transport pilot and flight instructor with over 4,500 hours of flight experience and ratings in airplanes, helicopters, seaplanes, gliders, and six types of jets. Ben also holds a Bachelor of Science from Purdue University. An exciting episode about the future of travel. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Vision of the People podcast. I'm delighted to have uh, Ben Marcus from AirMap join us here today. Uh, ben, thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm going to dive right into the questions. Um, first off, I mean, drones. So there's an emergence of small, powerful, and autonomous drones. It, it, you know, it's really transforming society. They're being used for agriculture, public safety, aerial photography, cinematography, and and now starting to see package delivery. So, you know, it's said the next century of aviation innovation is happening at the local level. And AirMap seems to be organizing this low-altitude information so innovation can really take flight. So for our viewers here today to start off, you know, what does AirMap really do and how does AirMap aim to do this? Sure. So um, AirMap is an airspace management platform for the low-altitude airspace, starting with drones that are flying today, but eventually drones that are going to be flying people, so you won't have to drive to work anymore. And that's really the uh, future that, that uh, I'm personally extremely excited about. But so you know, aviation is moving from something that typically moves people from city to city, from country to country, uh, really to something that's moving people from street corner to street corner, or moving goods from street corner to street corner, or capturing, you know, aerial photography images for building inspection, insurance, public safety, et cetera, which all happens at a very, very local level. So air traffic control is changing entirely. Uh, it's it's not going to be about making sure that two airliners don't collide at 30,000 feet. We have to be able to provide safe and efficient routes um, for drones that are flying very close to people's homes and near special events and near emergencies and, um, you know, near offices and places where people work, right? So it's an entirely new system uh, that has to take account of all of these public interest concerns around safety, security, privacy, and so forth. 
and Paramap really solves for that by bringing together uh, lots of different data sources about regulations, about weather, uh, providing interfaces for air traffic control, uh, and just really allowing drone operators to have confidence and understanding uh, what they have to do to fly safely in any given place and facilitating um, the various transactions that are necessary, for example, getting an air traffic control clearance. Uh, which you can now do through the AirMap platform. So that's basically what we do. We, we uh, How we do it is really through integrations with all the leading drone manufacturers and more than 600 application developers that, that are delivering applications for uh, different uh, you know, use cases of drones. Um, and that's, that's sort of how we reach uh, the broad audience that uh, uses the, the AirMap platform today. I think I think that's pretty remarkable um, what you're doing at a, such a fundamental level for how flights are going to take place, especially under um, 400 feet. So um, very incredible stuff you're doing over there. Um, so you know, how did you really, really come up with this? You know, this idea that's like so foundational and perhaps category defining idea um, with AirMap. Yeah. So I'm sure, like yourself and many of your uh, listeners um, are you know, entrepreneurs like me and you know entrepreneurs um, seek out opportunity they seek to create new things and uh, they tend to follow their passion and in my case my passion has been aviation my entire life um, you know, I started when I was 10 years old uh, watching airplanes in exchange for flying lessons and eventually became a pilot and a flight instructor and a flight test engineer and, um, and you know, I've just, just been uh, eating up aviation every single day. It's one of those sort of passions that you can, you can do for a living and then go home and keep thinking about it because it never gets boring. So, um, you know, my, my, my sort of personal life mission has been to extend the benefits of flight to more and more people in their daily lives. I think not enough people benefit from, from flight. And um, everything I've done has been driven by that sort of core purpose. Um, so in 2014, when uh, drones really started to take off, no pun intended, um, you know, <laughs> captured my imagination as it did lots of other people. And you know, I, I sort of came to appreciate that uh, finally technology was powerful enough, inexpensive enough, accessible enough, um, capable that, that um, aviation could really truly become part of daily life. And um, so as I, as I started exploring, you know, the, the drone space broadly, I, you know, considered lots of different types of businesses that I might want to enter uh, from manufacturing to making sensors to um, making, you know, software for specific industrial verticals and so forth. Um, and ultimately what I figured was that uh, the, the one thing that all drones and drone use cases have in common is that they operate in the airspace and they need to be able to fly safely and efficiently in the airspace regardless of what they're doing. And so I thought, you know, there's, there's a real opportunity for here, you know, for me to create something that um, will enable the entire industry and accelerate the entire industry. Um, and, and that was really the inspiration behind uh, building the airspace management platform that we call AirMap today. Wow. Um, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's, it's cool what you've done in just about four years, I believe you started in 2014. So, um, in, in the four years, I'm sure, you know, if would love, if you can share some stories from your user base or the operations that AirMap is currently supporting, 
I know you have some very cool partnerships around the world from Switzerland to New Zealand. If anything you can share with us today? Yes, happy to. Um, yeah, you know, we have uh, a ton of different types of users um, using our platform from you know, individuals that are using drones for fun and individuals using drones for uh, for business, for aerial photography, and, and, and other things, you know, through all the way to um, to very sophisticated enterprises that, that are using drones for uh, industrial inspection, for example, railroads and pipelines and power lines, uh, big agriculture companies, um, you know, collecting data about their farms. Um, one of the really interesting things that, that um, you know, we're particularly proud of is um, – some of the work we're doing uh, in Switzerland and New Zealand, but they, like you mentioned, um, in, in those two places, we work very closely with the air navigation service providers, which are basically the equivalent of the, of the FAA's uh, air traffic control uh, division. And, um, you know, that, that allows us to provide authorizations for drone flights um, and, and other airspace services to drones where, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that previously, but you know, Switzerland is uh, is a really interesting place because they're they're very forward thinking, and uh, the regulators opening up the airspace to all kinds of innovative use cases. And one of those um, that we're you know quite pleased to be supporting is a company called Matternet, which uh, flies uh, blood samples from uh, hospitals to testing labs uh, using. Uh, small drones. So um, I believe this is you know one of the first uh, you know places in the world where routine package delivery services are uh, being conducted in urban environments, not in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, so you know it's it, it's quite uh, amazing that that we've had an opportunity to support them and help them um, you know operate those missions uh, safely in, in Switzerland. That's I mean that's amazing. Hats off to the AirMap team. I'm- really happy that I got to ask that because I mean we've seen it in movies right we've seen like okay this drone comes over here and lands over here and delivers this package but to to see something especially in within the field of health and and seeing if it can save someone's lives within a matter of minutes um and you know logistically it's so much possible it's so clear um that's incredible and and obviously I wish uh, the airmap team all the success and um, I'm hoping to see a lot more news um, regarding this um, coming out soon. So, which which is a great transition into my next question here is, is there's a great healthy debate around this technology and the positive and the negatives. How would, I mean, as an executive, as someone who's been in the aviation industry, how do you mitigate the dangers that they pose to a society, even if, you know, the positives far outweigh the negative? We're talking about warfare, we're talking about hidden footage capture, trespassing, you know, how, how do you weigh the ins and outs? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, there are legitimate public interest concerns with respect to drones. Every new technology, you know, comes with legitimate public interest concerns that have to be solved. And, uh, you know, cell phones have cameras too, and at one one point when you know, the first cell phone came out with a camera. A lot of people were concerned about that, right? And so um, these things can be mitigated uh, with technology, um, with regulation and enforcement. 
um, lots of you know lots of different mechanisms. But I think you know what's what's uh, sort of key at a high level is having an airspace management platform that um, you know gives an interface for the public through their governments um, to communicate what the rules are with drones. You know, 99% of operators out there want to fly in a responsible manner and will respect the rules if they understand what they are. But sometimes they can be quite complex. So providing a mechanism uh, for the, the exchange of this data about where you can fly, what you have to do to fly somewhere, where you have to get permission, how do you get permission, all these kinds of things. Um, and, and then providing transparency to the public so that they understand um, you know, what is happening in their neighborhoods with, with respect to drones. Um, just that can, can make the public feel a lot more comfortable. But certainly there, there are um, many other, you know, uh, more sophisticated um, measures that can be taken to, you know, protect against corner cases like, you know, like terrorist activity with drones and so forth. There are a number of companies working on uh, systems that detect um, non what we call non-cooperative drones, ones that are not participating in an airspace management system, as well as uh, you know mechanisms for taking those drones down. So uh, these things are all in the works, not not by airmap, but um, you know it's, it's, these are certainly important problems that we need to solve. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's certainly very interesting that in the next decade, a lot of things are going to be unfolding. Um, and transitioning to my next question here regarding airmap, and then we'll move over into your personal story is. What sort of future do you really envision AirMac being in part of this av- upcoming aviation industry, especially with Uber working on the flying taxis, Kitty Hawk, Amazon, Google, uh, you know, DJI, and a lot of other drones? Like, how, where do you really see, do you see AirMap as being the, the sole interface that gives ability of all these, you know, various levels of drone technology? Do you really think AirMap can become that central? Piece. So um, I, I don't think that there's going to be just one airspace management platform. I think that this is going to be an ecosystem of service providers that deliver different pieces uh, of the overall um, solution. It's similar to how the internet operates. Um, you know, uh, similar to you know the mobile phone ecosystem, uh, etc. Um, so we'll deliver a part of it. And we'll deliver it in some parts of the world. We'll deliver it for some customers, um, hopefully a lot, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't think it'll be all. Um, and, uh, and that's fine. I hope, I hope you get majority of the market. Um, thank you. But, but uh, so, so I'll, I want to transition on to your personal side of things, which is, I mean, which certainly had me inspired most definitely. Um, by the way, you're the first pilot on our show, so we're very glad to have that as well. <laughs> So for those that might not know um, Ben's background, you know, he became a flight instructor at 18, um, then sold about 25 airplanes in his first year at Tom's Aircraft, then doubled to 50 in just one year um, when he became the first salesman at Eclipse Aviation, then started Jet Aviva um, with his best friend, which is now the world's leading light jet remarketing company that has sold more than $1 billion worth of airplanes. I mean, that is really incredible. I mean, what's one skill, Ben, would you say that's what's a critical skill you've developed in the last decade that's just kept you going and it just seems like you're just starting? 
Well, you've obviously done a lot of research, so I guess <laughs> I've learned how to write my uh, profile on LinkedIn pretty well. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, no, seriously, I, mean, I think that um, you know, I think focus is is really key, and um, if you've got something that you are really passionate about, uh, you put your heart and soul into that, and uh, and you know, you just day in and day out, you're focused, you're you have a thirst for learning. You're soaking up as much as you can to you know become the very best you can be at that thing. Um, you'll be successful. And of course, as you as you move from um, being very you know, early in your career and and um, having an individual contributor role, for example, I was selling airplanes. You know, to moving into more executive management where you're running a company and you have to take care of a lot of different, um, you know, pieces of the puzzle. Of course, you need to broaden your skill set, but I think staying grounded in your, your core purpose and um, you know, being able to stay focused and not distracted is, is, uh, is critically important. I would say that's one skill I've developed and um, need to develop further and continuously. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever, ever end. <laughs> I I it, I find it's uh, rather surprising, or rather not, because um, wait, well, you know, the first thing you said was focus, and which reminds me is whenever the first time Bill Gates and Warren Buffett met um, at a boat in in um, Washington, their father asked them, "What's one thing um, that's made you so successful, and what's one thing that you guys really admire or want to do?" And both of them wrote one word, and that was focus. So, um, and that's really incredible because that really aligns and shows the, the entrepreneurs that are, that are so invested and that are so, uh, you know, completely involved in their everyday life and their, their life is basically their company. Um, it's, it's, it's a joy to, to get some great advice and, and understand the skills and the mindsets that you guys are working on, which, which transition into my, um, second question here is. Um, I, I think you mentioned a little bit of it, but what's one thing or a few that's that's kept you grounded? So um, I would say three things. Uh, family, uh, volunteering, and travel. So um, I have an incredibly strong family. Um, my parents have been married for 50 years and um, set a great example for, for me, um, I'm married now, have a, a young child at home, um, and, uh, you know, going home to your fiance, your wife, uh, and your children, um, I think is a good, good way to remember, you know, why we exist on, on this planet. And, uh, that's generally keeps me grounded. Um, volunteering, I think is, is really important, you know, giving back to the community. I, um, I started volunteering for a nonprofit called Angel Flight West when I was 13, and I continued to volunteer for them 23 years later. Uh, this is an organization that flies people in medical and financial need to and from treatment centers. It's uh, volunteer pilots across the western U.S. that uh, volunteer their time in aircraft to, to fly people. And um, through my you know interactions with these folks that we've you know been able to fly to the, to their treatment. Um, I've learned so much about um, people, about society, um, what you know, 
we should appreciate what really matters, um, you know, and, and to be able to help these folks that, that are, you know, in need, bring them comfort when they're, uh, you're dealing with difficult health issues. Um, it's an extremely rewarding experience, and I think I've probably gained more from that than the actual people that, that I've that helped. Um, so I really encourage people to find ways to, to give back. And then uh, uh, travel. You know, so uh, I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot um, you know, in, in the course of selling airplanes around the world. I've been able to visit some, some really incredible places. And uh, learning how uh, other people live in other places, how other cultures work in other places, uh, I think has given me a great appreciation for um, what is common uh, in humanity, right? Um, it, it has given me a, a, a sense of, like, you know, wholeness, oneness, um, uh, and, and, you know, commonality, where, you know, we, we can figure out how to focus on our similarities around the world and not our differences. Um, you know, I'm 99.999% the same as uh, somebody living in South India, for example. Um, and uh, when I go there, I, you know, like to find the ways that I'm similar to them and not different from them. And um, I think it just it just provides a, a sense of um, purpose and completeness to you know to to be one with the other humans on the planet. I mean, I'm not sure what to say. I mean, yeah, that that sort of sums it up and. Um, and that's a great reminder to people in our, you know, in my age group, most certainly because we're certainly starting to figure things out. Um, and so would you say those three things would be the advice that you would give to people today in their 20s who are trying to live ambitiously and find their purpose? And is that something you would tell yourself if you could go back in time and into your 20s again? Um. I mean, I think it's difficult to give advice broadly because everybody's different, you know, so this is what's worked for me. Um, these are the things that I've come to enjoy a lot, uh, but that may not be the case for everybody, so hard hard to give advice. Other than I do think it's, it's really important for people to find their passion, and um, if you don't have a passion, if you don't have a core purpose, you're, you know, sort of navigating through life without a rudder, um, you're, you're sort of wasting your, your opportunity. And uh, time is the most precious commodity. Um, the thing I'm most fearful of is wasting my time. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, 10 years go by and you look back and say, yeah, I didn't do anything with that time, but you're going to be regretful of that. So I, I think the, the biggest thing is, um, you know, to, to find your purpose and, um, you know, live your life executing against your purpose. Solid stuff because, I mean, I, I, I certainly get caught up in that and where it's like, all right, I'm 22, you know, got to find a job and, you know, the money's got to start flowing in, you got to do this, do that. But it but in that race, so to speak, you tend to, you tend to forget that time is really what you have right now. That's something no one can buy no matter how high their um, net worth yeah. might be. So um, thanks for putting that in perspective. And, and so, so let's go into, you know, opportunities. So when I say that, you know, what opportunities do you see for the, for millennials and Gen Z that perhaps that 
perhaps something we can't see, but you can. Well, first of all, I would consider myself a millennial too. Okay, all right, for us. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, I'm only 36, but anyway, so um, the uh, I, I still feel like a kid. Kind of, kind of crazy to think that I'm not a kid, but anyway, for I think that the um, we yeah we are more closely connected around the world today than we've ever been, and yet sometimes it feels like we're so far apart and so so separate, so different. Um, and, you know, I think that the opportunity over the next couple of decades is, um, you know, to, to bring people together in a real honest, true way, not superficially. Um, you know, I think the opportunity is, is, um, to find what is uniquely human. What will humans continue, um, to, to do that um, machines, you know, will never be able to do. Um, how are we able to connect with one another in meaningful ways? Um, you know, I, I think that, pe- you know, people are becoming a lot more productive now than, than ever before, um, thanks to technology. And uh, on, you know, on, on average, people around the world are living at a much higher quality of life standard than, than we did 50 years ago. So we'll be able to work less and less and achieve the same standard of living. But, you know, what, what are we going to do to remain viable as, you know, as a species, right? Um, And I think, you know, finding those uniquely human, uh, characteristics and connections, um, and and being able to bring people together on a global basis, um, you know, find, finding ways to collaborate um, and, and and create value together as opposed to fighting one another. Um, those, those are the opportunities that that we have. Well, I mean, powerful stuff, Ben. Um, yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. And then, last question before we get into our thirty-second round. So last question, your Twitter handle says helping to bring the magic of flight to people in their daily lives it is, you know, what is your vision and, and what sort of keeps you going? What sort of keeps you flying? Yeah, I mean, as we talked about at the start, um, that's exactly what my you know, core purpose has been um, since I was a little kid. And, um, you yeah, know, my, my vision is people are flying to work. Um, fewer and fewer cars on the road, and um, it's you know easier and easier for us to travel around the world and potentially around the universe. Um, and uh, you know, so I think you know, ten years from now, in many places around the world, not everywhere, but in many places, um, you'll be able to fly to work in a flying car, and uh, that's just freaking awesome. That'll be super awesome, especially if you live in LA with the LA traffic. <laughs> so last round here, um, Ben, uh, it's a 30 second round. I just started. It's called two words, one answer. So I'll say two words and then you just pick one. Um, and you got to reply fast. Uh, well, as fast as you can. So here we go. Um, helicopter or plane? Good. Traveling or reading? Uh, 
Student or teacher? Student. Eating or cooking? Eating. Calling or texting? Calling. Mountains or beach? Beach. Nice. Well, um, we're in LA. Both of us are in LA, and, and you ended off on a really good note. Um, so that's it here for our podcast today. Um, want to thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for uh, taking my cold email and, and really sharing some incredible stuff you're doing uh, and your team at AirMap and uh, changing the way uh, drone technology and the way uh, we'll be commuting, transporting, communicating, informing. Um, and so I really appreciate that. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for inviting me. That was Ben Marcus, co-founder and chairman of AirMap. We really hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Please like us on Facebook at Vision of the People Podcast. And do give your thoughts to me at Lil Rushi Shaw on Twitter on who I should have next on the show. If you found this insightful or interesting, share it with someone that could find this helpful. As Mahatma Gandhi once said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. Till next time, keep striving. <laughs>